Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So a lot of us in Chiefs Kingdom will be making the pilgrimage up to Kansas City tomorrow. The parade starts downtown Kansas City at noon, and where does it end up? End up at Union Station, and you're going, so why don't you tell them? Um, Yeah, uh, get there early. Uh, Last time, at least the weather's looking really good. It's like mid-50s and sun. The last time we had the parade, what, four years ago, uh, it was like 20 degrees and snow on the ground, and it was freezing. My wife was like eight months pregnant and cursing me every step of the way because I drug her to Kansas City to be at the parade. But this year's looking a little bit nice. And uh, if you want to enjoy it, you know, just follow it from downtown to Union or just post up at Union for the rally. Well, since she was unhappy last time, is she going this oh, time? Oh, yeah, but not <laughs> pregnant. So she's, I think she's going to have a great time. And bringing the boy, it should be a good time. It will be, of course. Celebrating a world championship, a Super Bowl championship, the Kansas City Chiefs. And how often does that happen? Well, the answer with the Chiefs is fairly often and may happen again in the very near future. We'll see about that. But... When you put these things in perspective, they don't happen all that often. That's why the Philadelphia folks, if the Eagles had won, were so ready for a huge celebration, greasing the <laughs> greasing the light poles and all that sort of thing so people wouldn't climb them. That's how fans react, and that's, that's really what it's all about, to celebrate a team and to show your fanaticism for them. There's no need to get overwhelmed by the whole thing and become destructive. That's ridiculous. But in terms of celebration, it is a big deal and hope you all have a good time. Let's talk about that for a second. I was seeing some videos yesterday appear online about some of the uh, guys in Philly turning cars over before the game started on Sunday, cutting down utility poles. It's not a good look at all. Do you all. think that those people have any idea who any of those Eagles players I, are? Dude, when I, and the, the car thing happened before the game even started. Do it you was think still any out. of them have ever played any football in yeah, their lives? The answer they, is no. These are individuals who are trash, quite and I'll pay the price for that, but they, they, they're antisocial individuals who are looking for some reason to be to foment their destructive attitude on people. They, don't, they couldn't give a damn what the hell's happening. They're just looking for some kind of subject. And you know what's crazy is you see those that videos. That is crazy. Yeah, is well, you see those videos online, and you're like, God, what the hell is with this fan base? But at the same time, the interactions that I've had with the Eagles fans, especially in the last couple of days, like they're they're pretty cool dudes. They're not. They weren't. They weren't like that. It was all down to that one play. Most of them were like it really came down to the D not showing up in the second half. They were reasonable, unlike a lot of the Bengals fans well, who just won't quit crying you about have it. Have a thumbnail sketch as to how the media can make things look so bad. This is a very finite number of individuals who decide for whatever they're going to make a name for themselves because they know the cameras will be there to record. It's rubbish. That's why I'm so glad to be out of it. All right. Well, let's move on. It's not really a a better story. It's kind of actually a sadder story this morning. Yeah, it's Conrad Dobler uh, passing away at the very young age of 72. Uh, He (laughs) this this is a guy who I really liked. He was offensive guard for the St. Louis football Cardinals, the big red back in the 70s, played football at Wyoming and was a very good football player. Not an extraordinarily big guy. He wasn't huge. But he had the great offensive techniques to become an outstanding all-pro lineman. But over and above all that, he reveled in his title, The Dirtiest Man in Football. And it was all brought about by a Sports Illustrated article, and he was on the front page, 
uh, in, uh, I want to say, 77 or 78, somewhere around there, labeling him that, the dirtiest man. And he went through all these stories of the technique, gouging of the eyes and kicking in the groin and all that sort of thing. These were all little subtleties that he used to help protect Jim Hart and Mel Gray and all of the outstanding cardiac cards of Don Coryell. But Conrad was really a pretty good guy. He'd been down here many times. The last time I had a chance to visit with him was about three years ago when he played in a golf tournament at Fremont Hills, Children's Miracle Network golf tournament as a guest. Good guy, really good guy. But he loved that dirtiest man in football, and he made the most of it. This is a, this is a sad note, leaving us at the age of 72. And uh, playing in a time when football was a completely different game. Last but not least, the Ghost Runner is now officially a part of MLB. Now, ask me if I'm really happy about I can this see moment. the look on your face, knowing you as well as I do, that you are not uh, happy. It is officially now a part and will be of Major League Baseball, as ordered by the commissioner, Rob Manfred. And that's understandable because it was his idea. Well, the Ghost Runner, folks, is the runner in extra innings who's automatically on second base. That's where they start the inning with the offensive runner on second base. And it's all designed to shorten the game, which I think is balderdash, not being an old school guy like this, and to start it with a gimmick like this. But better get used to it because it is here to stay. And that became official uh, yesterday with the commissioner's statement. So the ghost runner, that's what they call it, or the runner Manfred, (laughs) in a sarcastic reference to the commissioner, uh, is going to be a part of the game. So we'll go with it as it is. So Alabama usually is number one when it comes to football, but now the Crimson Tide is number one when it comes to basketball. What a surprise. Here's Alabama number one in the country. Average fan. So what? They're always number one in football, yes. But this is hoops, and the Alabama basketball team is really, really good. They are a national championship contender. There isn't any question about that. Ranked number one yesterday with the losses, and there were consecutive losses, by Purdue, the previous number one team. Well, after the first loss, Purdue did not relinquish number one. But when they lost to Northwestern over the weekend, they did relinquish it, and Purdue drops down to third place. But Alabama number one is certainly not a surprise. Gosh, when they went into Columbia and played Missouri about three weeks ago, wow, they ran Missouri out of the ballpark. And they are good. Alabama's very good. Alabama and Auburn, of course, they're natural rivalries. They played each other over the weekend in basketball, and Auburn, under Bruce Pearl, is very, very good. Alabama beat them at Auburn, and afterwards Pearl, who's not necessarily the most condescending of individuals did say well we did lose the game but we lost it to a pretty doggone good basketball team and he's giving credit to the crimson tide they must be good absolutely and again number one in the country all right so the nfl season is over well at least for a little bit a little bit over two months until the uh, draft kicks off in april in oh, kansas you city forget the combine oh yeah combine <laughs> Jeez, louise god and i yeah that's coming up even sooner um i thought i was gonna have a little bit of a break but i guess not thanks for reminding me but uh xfl dude that's getting ready to start isn't it this weekend begins this coming weekend and it is rather interesting the way they have this there is a team in missouri it's the st louis battle hawks and you mentioned alabama just a short time ago their starting quarterback was a crimson tie quarterback aj mccarran back about oh 10 11 years ago good player but the battle hawks will begin play there are eight teams in the xfl they start play this weekend st louis will play in san antonio against the san antonio brahmas 
and they are using, of course, the Alamo Dome in San, Di- in San Antonio as their home field. But eight teams play this first weekend, and everybody will play. It is rather interesting to see how this XFL, which does have a network contract with the Fox, how this is going to morph out and what's going to happen from it and whether or not they can survive. Should be interesting uh, nonetheless. Uh, hopefully they get some views because we have had a couple of guys from the XFL make it into the NFL. So it's not that these are lesser, just, you know, bunch of old dudes that are uh, going for glory. These are kids that are trying to make their way back into the NFL and just continue to play. In at the some craft. cases, yeah. yeah, but there are also some retreads from the NFL who are trying to make it like McCarron. Yeah, good example. Um, and uh, that's not the only spring football league, is there? It is not. What's the other one? The other one's the USFL, United States Football League, and they begin play in April. And they will also have eight teams in that competition. They begin play, I think it's the third week in April is when they start. And they have teams in the bigger cities that New York and Philadelphia have teams, and there are some out on the West Coast. This was in action last year for a short time. I'm not sure, Mike, that we're in a situation where two football programs can really make it in the spring of the season. I'm not even sure one can, because the American sports fan psyche turns really to baseball and the Final Four and maybe the NBA and National Hockey League playoffs. There's a lot going on. And then to throw football relatively new into the spring of the season, I'm, I just, I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Maybe. We'll see. The network contracts certainly do help. And they help to infuse new money. But the fact of the matter remains, it's going to be a a rather interesting experiment coming up with two, the XFL and the USFL. Although they do not abut each other, they will play at separate times with the USFL beginning in April. We'll see. We'll see how it We will see, but if uh, you're going to miss football like me for a couple months, don't worry, because there's plenty of it to go around. (laughs) Ned, you have a great Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow.